You ever find yourself asking, why isn't this taught in school? My entrepreneurial and parenthood journeys really highlighted the gap between what the world needs and what our schools are actually teaching and how woefully unprepared most people are to achieve their greatest dreams. The people truly winning in a postmodern economy have a different set of skills that aren't taught in school and are privy to information not taught to the masses. With that in mind, we invite you on our journey to glean from the world's most successful leaders and icons of industry, the real skills the next generation needs moving forward. We are on a mission to help teens skip the lunch line for the front line of a movement, empowered with the knowledge and skills needed to thrive in a fast-paced, dynamic, ever-changing world. This is Skippy Lunch Lines. We're glad you're here. Hello, friends. Great to have you back for another episode of Skippy Lunch Lines. Today, we have one of our launch day guests back for another episode. Today, we're speaking with Amy May, a human design love expert. If you didn't catch the episode with Amy, you definitely want to go back and give that a listen because we discussed um, all about embracing yourself, learning to love yourself, and how you can help your, your teen love themselves as well. So, Amy, I really want to dive deeper into the whole world of human design, but I think for the sake of the audience who may not know what human design is, could you explain what it is kind of in layman's terms? Of course, yeah. So, basically, human design gives you an energetic blueprint of how you are meant to operate, like who you are like meant to be. And it, uh, it combines like different systems that have already been in place for like thousands of years, like astrology, the I Ching, the chakras, uh, the Kabbalah. And then also it was scientifically proven after the fact, but there is like DNA evidence and then like quantum um, physics and biochemistry and they're all like fused into the system and it it gives you like this map of how you are meant to behave and it gives you like these little signs of whether you're in alignment or out of alignment and even you can even use it to help aid in how you are uniquely made to make decisions and it just illuminates so much for you when you really fully understand this blueprint. Wow that sounds amazing. So my question for you then is where were you when you first discovered human design? So it took me a little bit, a little bit of time to fully see human design for what it was. Um, mm -hmm. I was first introduced to it, it when I was in a group coaching program and I had, uh, there was a guest expert who came in and talked about it and, um, I was curious about it, but I just, I fully didn't relate to it at first. And then um, it kept on coming up again and again. Like I had a one-on-one -on -one coach mention it to me and I had bought a human design book. So I read it and it was still the same thing. I was like, there's something that wasn't clicking. And it was when um, another human design uh, expert came into a mastermind that I was a part of. And I asked this question, like, what do you do if you don't relate to your chart? <laughs> oh, okay. And the answer that I got was like, that was when I learned about conditioning. And that was when I learned that um, even in like society where 
you know, where there's like society conditioning going on like that, we're meant to work all the time and, you know, have our life figured out by the time we're 18 and graduate high school and everything. And, um, and it can also come from like how you grew up and like your parents, that could be a sign of why you don't relate to your chart. And that, even though like that answer, it's like, it's a great answer, but something like clicked in me. And then all of a sudden, like everything that I learned about human design from that point on, like made complete sense to me. No, I could see that. That's how that was my experience with it as well. Um, and I think, you know, you brought up the conditioning part. And when I discovered it and I learned about the conditioning, I thought, you know what? I've spent so much of my life being conditioned and away from who I really am. And so that, that realization was huge for me. And so um, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I'm like, people need to know what this is about because the conditioning, right? Doesn't it start at like pretty much from the day you're born? You're conditioned by your parents, you're conditioned by society, you, you know, that's every interaction you have with another person it helps to condition you. Yeah, and actually, in even in the chart, this is a little bit more advanced. But if you if you happen to like pull up your chart or you know human design, there's like a set of like red numbers or like red lines in the chart, and then there's black, and all those red lines that's that's like ancestral and generational conditioning that's like actually infused in your DNA and in, in your body that you are designed to like work through and heal in your lifetime, which I found that I was like, Oh, that's fascinating. Wow. I'm going to have to get my chart out and see what, what, um, yeah, I haven't really delved into the different, I think they're called channels. Yeah, there's gates and channels. So like two gates form a channel and it's mm -hmm. the form channels that actually define the centers in your chart. So you discovered this kind of by, not really by accident because nothing happens by accident, but it wasn't something that um, you gravitated to right away, right? And what age were you when you discovered it? So when I fully embraced it, I was 35, but when I was first introduced, it was, I was about to turn, or I was about to turn 35. So I was technically 34, but over the course, uh, it took me about like six months from when I was first introduced to it to when I like fully embraced it. Right. So, yeah. So compared to your teenage years, right. And then, and now you've, you've learned about your human design. Do you think your life would have been really different if you knew this as a teenager or would you have been open to it or would it have been something that wouldn't have interested you? Like maybe you just weren't at that point in your life growth wise to be open to something like that. Um, based on how I grew up, like I grew up in a pretty conservative Christian home. And so I don't know if I would have encountered it when I was a teen, if like it was that's like, like in those circumstances, just because there were a lot of things that I just wasn't quite aware of when I was a teen. But if 
But if I would have learned about it when I was a teen, it would have changed so much for me because um, there are there are certain types where, you know, we're not meant to, not everyone is meant to have everything figured out by the time they're, by the time they're 18, by the time they get into college. And um, when I enter, when I got into college and everything, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I changed, I changed my mind about my major probably like five times, not all officially. Like I decided to go undecided for a while, but I like shifted my passion like three or four times in between. And I felt so much shame around that and guilt Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I thought I was supposed to have everything figured out. And then even like right after college, I, um, you know, I, I have a marketing degree and technically I kind of use it now with my business, but I had a marketing degree and then I was like, oh, I don't want to do marketing. I, I like to read. I'm going to go work in a library. And, you know, I started working in a library. And then the second I got my librarian degree, I was like, oh, I don't want to be a librarian anymore. Right. And like having all that guilt around like shifting what you want to do. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And so if I would have known human design when I was younger, when I was making or feeling those things, I would have given myself permission to change and like shift what I wanted to do. Um, And maybe not have invested so much money in school. Right. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that, so every person has their own design, right? And some some teens maybe are supposed to have things figured out more than others. And knowing that maybe you're supposed to have more of a, I don't know what the word is, but you're not supposed to have it all laid out. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be a gradual discovery of what it is you're, you're meant to do in the world. Um, that, that knowing that, that, would have helped you because you wouldn't have been conditioned by that shame that, you know what I mean? Like, like with the others expectations on you, like that wouldn't have felt shameful to you because you were like, okay, well, I'm just wired differently than others. Yes, exactly. And being, and it's this piece of like human design brings awareness. So there's a type that's called uh, manifesting generators and Uh, these people, and this is my type, like we're multi-passionate and we go through these cycles that there's no specific timeframe for them, but, you know, there's certain careers that people go into. Like I think of anybody in the medical profession, you know, you, you go to college and then you have medical school, then you have the residency. It's like a 10 year process and same with like being a lawyer. And so somebody who's like a manifesting generator, it's just something to be aware of. Be like, Oh, you know what? I'm aware that I have multiple passions and I'm going to really like sit with this decision to enter into a, you know, several year process to enter this career. And I'm going to make sure that this is really right for me. Right. Or even if like, you know, you change your mind, like being aware of it and giving yourself that permission and not seeing yourself as that failure for changing your mind around this career, because, you know, we're, 
we're young, like our teens are young, you know, the brain doesn't fully get developed until you're 25. Mm -hmm. And so allowing yourself to like make those mistakes and just to not feel any shame around it is so helpful. I love that. So you mentioned you were a manifesting generator, right? Yes. How many different types are there? There are five types in human design. Okay. And each one has like different characteristics. And there's only two types where they get really good at one thing. And that thing like brings joy to them. They really like it. They get really good at it. And they like can stick with it for the rest of their lives. And that is the uh, generator type and the projector type. Um, so the other three, what you're saying is like the other three, they're meant to be, um, not have it all figured out and, and, and they might pivot and that's totally something that they should embrace. Yes. They're supposed to pivot in life and not just yes. focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And hmm. the other three types, there's a, a type called the manifester. And um, like I mentioned before, manifesting generator. And then there's the final type, which are um, reflectors. They are really rare. And these are like really sensitive people that are just affected by everything and everyone around them. So like like they're meant to just kind of change and evolve and adapt like based on their environment. So I mean, they could be in one, one career doing one thing for the rest of their lives, but um, this is where like really understanding the different types can have such an impact on how we raise our kids, how we raise our teens, because, you know, sometimes you're teased for being really sensitive and for being emotional and like this, the reflector types, like that's who they are and that's who they're meant to be. And it's an incredible gift. Absolutely. So when somebody is to go and pull their chart, right? What kind of information do they need in order to figure out what type they are? If they're a manifester or a manifesting generator, how would one go about finding that out? So it's all, it's based on your birth um, time, date, and place. And you can get your chart from, there's like so many different places where you can get it. Uh, I usually recommend Jovian Archive. Um, You could just go to jovianarchive.com and get your chart. And um, probably before you ask, one of the biggest questions that I get is, what if I don't know my birth time? Yeah. And yeah. So um, there are a couple things you can do because of how some of the energy shifts within minutes. So having the birth time is important. But if you don't know it, you can run multiple charts and um, work with somebody. You can even like, if you're wanting your chart, like get in contact with me. <laughs> My contact info will be in the yeah, podcast. I'll put in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put in the show notes. Yeah, Um, get in contact me and we can chat. But uh, basically, like you can run multiple charts, like one each hour and see which one relates the most. Or you can use um, a device called a pendulum. This is more of like the spiritual, gets a little spiritual. (laughs) So um, basically, 
it's that's like a way you can kind of tap into your um, subconscious mind to uh, because your subconscious mind knows everything, whether you're aware of it or not. So your like internal, like subconscious mind will know your birth time and can, you can use that to guide you to it. Or like I said, you could run multiple charts and see which one relates to you the most. And, but I'm completely open and I've helped like several people with this. So if you want your birth time, you can get into contact with me and we can figure it out and get your right chart for you. Right. Cause I, I mean, I think it would be important, you know, if you, for the longest time you think this is your chart and you chart out your life and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, but that's actually not, <laughs> yeah, not who the, you really are. The place isn't nearly um, as important as long as if it's in like a similar region, like I had my birth town wrong, but it didn't change my chart at all. So. Oh, okay. So what is it about the, why is it based on time? Like the time of your birth? I don't really see the connection. Okay. Um, so this is where the astrology piece comes in a little bit. Um, because if you're aware, well, if you know how the like planets and solar system works and like the you know, the sun or is like, you know, the planets are always rotating and we're always like moving and everything like that. So um, the energy, basically like these energetic codes get infused into our DNA and it's always like, my hand is moving. You can't see this on the podcast, but like all the energy is like always moving. And so these codes get imprinted on you like at the moment of your birth Hmm. and then there's um the red the red lines the red numbers i talked about before those it's um this is where it gets a little woo but those get infused it's when it's believed the soul enters the body like in like when you're in the womb and in the process of development and so that's Mm -hmm. like about 88 days before your actual birth date but it's very like intuitive because I'm, you know, another philosophical discussion is like, well, what if you were induced? Well, I was induced and it's all right for me. And, um, you know, what if it's like, you know, some kind of emergency birth or like you're late or like, but you know, the universe just knows. And that's when like everything gets infused into, um, into your DNA and into your energetic blueprint. Cool. I love that. So I'm trying to think of, you know, from the perspective of somebody who doesn't know anything about human design and as a parent who wants to know about their, you know, maybe they have like a a difficult relationship with their teen. Um, Maybe they don't see eye to eye, you know, and they go, they go to uh, Jovian archive, they pull their chart. Um, What type of things are they going to be able to, to learn about, their teen or themselves when they, when they pull the chart, like what kind of stuff are you going to find there? The biggest eye opener for me, especially as I, like, I, I'm a proud aunt. I love it. And like, of course I pull like all my family's charts and like my curiosity gets the best of me. And um, the thing, the, one of the key pieces is knowing 
knowing the energy types. And I, you know, I mentioned all the types before, but there are um, two energy types, which are generators and manifesting generators. And then there's three non-energy types, um, the projectors, the manifestors, and the reflectors. Um, and just to give you guys like a little bit of a understanding of it, like 70% of the population are either generators or manifesting generators. And like this type, like, and I say we, because I'm a manifesting generator and, um, and I believe if I remember correctly, like you're a generator, like we have energy, like we like can be little like energizer bunnies, as long as if we're doing something that we love. Whereas like somebody who is like a projector or a manifest or a reflector, you know, they can't handle all of that energy. They do better if they like take naps throughout the day. Not that there, there's nothing wrong with naps. I personally like need a good nap some days, but a beautiful kind of example of this is uh, I have a friend of mine, she's a projector and her husband is a, a generator type. And at the end of the day, like he wants to work on projects and she's like, no, I just want to chill. I want to like watch a show together or like sit outside, like maybe have a bonfire, but he wants to keep on doing things. Right. So, and even with like parents and kids, like understanding the energy types and you know, sometimes your teen just wants to take a nap and not do things all the time. And it's not a reflection on the parent and like vice versa. Like maybe the parent just wants a nap and like the teen is, has all that energy. It's like, like mom and dad, why don't you want to do anything with me? You don't like me. But like mm -hmm. understanding like, no, mom wants a nap because she doesn't have as much energy as I do. Like my sister is a manifester and her two daughters are generators. And she's like, I'm tired all the time. As a parent, like if your kids have more energy than you do, allow them to go off on their own and get rid of that energy. And you take that time to recharge. Right. And, and it can come back and right. like, it'll be better. Yeah. And I think it's important just dealing with your teens. It's not only just about appreciating their difference, right. Um, and respecting how they're different and um, how their energy type is different, but it's also helping them to see that other people have different energy types and how to approach relationships with somebody who has a different energy type, you know, like, what does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis if, when, when you want to do something and maybe somebody else doesn't, you know, or um, somebody else needs to walk away and take a break and you, you know, you want to keep pursuing whatever it is that you're pursuing, you know? So I think that's an important lesson for parents to learn and to teach their, to teach their teens um, and their kids is that, you know, how to recognize when somebody else has a different energy type and how to, you know, how to respect that and how to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of maintain that relationship and give the space so that, you know, you can come together again and, um, and it'd be like a lot healthier relationship than, you know, people reading into, I think a lot of times we, we end up reading, right? We read into what somebody's actions are and it's not even about that. And so I think that's an important skill for for teens to learn. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think just knowing the different energy types a little bit and 
like human design, it can be this huge rabbit hole you can dive into. Like you can get, especially if you have like a really curious mind, like you can just really like go at it with it and be like, wait, what do these numbers mean? I need to know what this number means. Like, what do these words mean along the side of the chart? But I'm telling you, like for me, What's made, what made a big difference for me was just knowing my type Mm -hmm. and, um, with each type, there's like something called like a signature and a non-self theme. And those were the three pieces that I first looked at in my life and it illuminated so much for me. And if you're getting into it and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much, I'm like overwhelmed, start there. And you can leave the rest behind like you don't need to do anything more than just looking at the type and like in that type like what is the signature and what is the non-self theme can you explain what signature is yes of course signature is um a sign that you're in alignment and this is a feeling it's usually like a positive feeling for uh, generators and manifesting generators their signature is satisfaction For um, projectors, theirs is success. And um, I know that can be like a really, uh, it's kind of an interesting signature, but what it really means that success is when uh, people are listening to and taking the advice of projectors. Um, And when they, like when a projector feels like seen and heard, that's like what success is for them. Um, And then for manifestors, their signature is peace. Um, And then the reflectors, their signature is surprise. Um, And then these non-self themes, these are signs, I call them like little, I call them little red flags. And that red flag being like, this is, this is something to take a look at and reflect upon and kind of take a look at what's going on here um, and like get curious with it. And for manifesting generators and generators, that's like frustration. So anytime you're feeling frustrated, like take a look at what's going on. A lot of the times it means that you've done something that's not quite in alignment with your energy type. Um, For projectors, it's bitterness. For manifestors, it's anger. And for reflectors, it's disappointment. Hmm. Yeah, so just taking a look and like seeing like, okay, what are the circumstances? Because, you know, um, there's been a lot going on in the past, you know, 12 months, like hello COVID right? Um, (laughs) and political stuff that's going on. So, you know, you're bound to feel like frustrated or angry about, you know, things that have been going on. But if you're angry because, you know, there's injustices in the world, like, that's not always going to be something that you've done. It's like you're picking up on the anger, the frustration from like, the people around you. So that's why I say it's like, take a look at that energy. Because I think sometimes we get so quick, we're like, Oh, this is a sign I'm out of alignment. I'm freaking out. I did something wrong. But that's not always the case. So so you're saying like these um, non-self themes, right? So for me, since I'm a generator, it's frustration. So whenever I'm feeling frustrated, then then I need to decide, I need to look at that incident and see if that is something that I'm I'm aligned 
you know, or if it's probably that I'm, that's not in alignment with who I am. Yeah. So the frustration can come about like with generators, if you're um, trying to, so like the generator types, and I feel like it's almost a thing for everybody, do what you love. Like there's, there's so much conditioning in society to, you know, have a job that's going to make you money that, you know, and to have a job like it's okay to have a job that you hate as long as if you're providing for your family or you have, um, you know, that 401k and that health insurance. It's like so important. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I say that kind of in a sarcastic tone, <laughs> but I don't know if that came across, but like, no, I you know, you. We're, we're pressured from society to um, do something that we don't love. So that frustration for generators, oftentimes that comes from denying what lights us up in order to do something that like somebody else has told us to do mm-hmm. or like being in a job that you hate um, just because it gives you benefits or like you need a job in order to make money. Um, gotcha. It, yeah. But also at the same time, like sometimes I'm just really, I get really frustrated when I hear about all of the injustices that are going on in this world. And mm-hmm you know, sometimes it's, it's, I, there's a difference between like feeling something and it's coming from within you or like feeling something that you were aware that you're like picking up from somewhere else. Like maybe a better analogy would be like, you know, sometimes you cry during movies. It's not because you're sad. It's because, you know, maybe somebody just died in that movie or TV show and everybody's like sobbing and it's so emotional, but like your body's just reacting to that. You're like an antenna. You just pick it up. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's a difference. And so I think sometimes we, sometimes we like feel a feeling and we're not fully aware of where it's coming from. And so we jump to conclusions. So that's kind of why I say like, Hey, just take a look and get curious. Like, what's going on with this situation? Because it may not be that you're out of alignment. It might be that you've just picked up on something from someone else. Hmm. So my question is you, you're, you don't have kids yourself, right? Correct. Um, so if you like, when you do finally have kids, if that's something that you wanted to do, um, not everybody wants to have kids nowadays. Um, is, is human design something that you would recommend to other parents then, you know, that they pursue for their kids and, and introduce their, their, their teens to? Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. I, um, I know of there, there are human, de- like fellow human design um, coaches that do have kids and they use it in their, in their parenting and mm-hmm. how they raise their kids Um, like all the time. And it brings so much understanding and so much, uh, it makes things, it's not always easy being a mom, like, you know, from talking with, from talking and communicating and observing like other moms, like, I'm not saying it's easy, like it's going to be easy if you have human, human design, but it can make things a little bit easier and just relieve um, some of the pressure that you like probably feel as a parent um, when raising your kids and like, oh, am I raising them right? And oh my gosh, like, (laughs) 
it can be like so stressful, but like human design can relieve like some of that pressure and make things a little bit easier. Gotcha. So I'm really new to human design, right? So I'm trying to think of like, you know, what, what other questions a parent might have um, who might want to kind of go down that rabbit hole for their, for themselves. Is there something that I didn't ask that you think would be important for them to know? So the other piece of it that I didn't touch on is uh, human design also illuminates how we are best meant to make decisions. And um, <laughs> there, there's like, it's called authorities. There's seven different types. I really, <laughs> I would overwhelm you all if I uh, explained them all, <laughs> but um I think one of the biggest pieces that we don't realize, you know, um, is about half of the population, they have what's called an emotional authority. Um, This is mine personally. And I just remember growing up that like, I felt so much pressure and judgment because it was really hard for me to make decisions. And people with emotional authorities, when they're making big decisions, they need to take time because they feel, um, what happens is, is they feel an emotional high and then they feel like an emotion, that's, so they'll feel like really excited and feel like really great about a decision. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like all the fear and all the doubt will kick in. And then they're like, kind of like second guessing themselves. And then like, they, <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of go back up again. And then it, then they're able to fully like make a decision. Like when they come to this moment of clarity and like, just know that it's the right decision. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times we don't give that time. And we think like, oh, they're not good decision makers because they were like super, they were so into it one moment and then dropped. (laughs) Right. They seem Um, like they're wishy-washy and and understand what they want in life because they can't make a decision. Exactly. And it takes like, it can take like a week for an emotional authority to make a decision. And, um, and then the other part of it, a lot of people, like I said, um, 70% of the uh, population are generator type. And uh, the sacral, um, that's the center that's defined in generators and manifesting generators. Um, this center re- like responds to yes, no type questions. So if you ask a generator type, like no matter what their authority is, any sort of open-ended question, when it comes to decision, they're just going to s- stare at you with like a blank look and be like, I don't know. And that was like the other part where I was judged because I couldn't make decisions is because everybody asks open-ended questions instead of these like, yes, no. And so as a parent, like bringing awareness to both how you make decisions and how your children and teens can make decisions can be so incredibly helpful. And just knowing the type and being like, oh, you're a generator type. All right, I'm going to try to stop asking open-ended questions when you need to make a decision because that sacral will respond right away with a yes or no, or like a pull forward or like a kind of moving backwards. And like forward is yes and backwards is no, um, because they'll be like drawn towards something or like not drawn towards something. And that can be like so helpful. No, I see that. And I think when I, when I pulled my chart, that was something that 
that really resonated with me because I was like, man, that's, that's me. You know, it's, I takes me forever to decide on everything. <laughs> and people are always like, you need to make a decision quicker. Like, you know, that they don't really understand. And I'm like, it's just like, I have to let it marinate for a long time. But once I finally know for sure, that's the thing, you know, I'm, I can go full steam ahead, but getting to that point takes a long time. And so I think it would be great for people to know that about themselves and about other people and giving them the time and the space to make the proper decision for themselves, you know? Yes. And yeah, there's only, I mean, there's a good chunk of people who are designed to make uh, quicker decisions, but there's also a pretty good chunk of people that are not. And Um, this has affected how I, um, this has affected how I run my business. Like I, uh, have like longer card opens than other coaches just because I want, I want people to feel safe in making that decision. Right. And stuff. I know this isn't necessarily like for, for business, but like, that's like an application or like, you know, um, when, asking anything of like my family or, or like my friends, like, you know, I try to give people time to think about it instead of like this impulsive, like, Hey, are you free tonight? Um, I mean, unless if it's an emergency, but like giving like at least a couple weeks notice, like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, what, what do you think and stuff? I know that was technically an open-ended question, but it's like, usually I have specifics, so it's right. not quite like an open-ended question, but you, you get the gist. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, that's cool. I mean, I just, you know, I know the basics of my human design, but I'm really curious, you know, to like really delve deeper. Um, so if somebody wanted to go deeper and learn more than just their energy type and uh, whether or not, I think you called it their self and not self, right? Yeah. What would be the next thing that they would be delving into that could really elevate their life? Like what's that, so, what's that next level of knowing? Yeah. So, yeah. So we talked about the like type, the self and non-self, the, um, I brought up the authorities, the next part, um, there's the next part that's like a little bit simpler is looking at there's, um, there's a profile number for each uh, person. And this isn't based on the type. This is actually based on, um, it's called the line of the gate. And basically like this profile gives you a little bit more of an insight of, it can determine like just some things about you. I, I don't quite know how to describe it, but um, there's six. So there's six lines, but mm-hmm there's two numbers in that profile. So there's actually like 12 different profile combinations. Mm -hmm. And um, each like, for example, if you have like a one in your, anywhere in your profile, that's called like the investigator. You're probably gonna, 
like these people that I know with the one, like they learn about something. And I talked about that going down that human design rabbit hole. Like the one is going to want to investigate. There will be the people who will, you know, see something on social media and all of a sudden it's like Googling it and they'll spend like hours and they'll be like, where did all this time go? <laughs> I saw, I saw in the news that there was, you know, like a crime that happened in my town and all of a sudden diving into why does crime happen and asking all these questions and investigating, getting to the bottom of it. And then there's, like I said, there's like six different lines. And so it can kind of determine some of your behavior and like why you are drawn to certain things and why you do certain things. And it's really interesting to look at. Yeah. I'm a four, six. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So for yours, um, that four line is all about like relationships and probably really like to like network with other people mm-hmm. and help other people. You've kind of taken all of the like knowledge from the three, the first three lines, and then you're bringing that to other people and really getting to know them. And then the sixth line, that's a doozy one. I'm a, I'm personally a six, three. So that's why I was like, yeah, that's a doozy. The six <laughs> line, <laughs> the six line has three phases in life. Oh, and yeah. the first 30 years you're learning lessons through experience. Mm-hmm. And then like from 30 to 50 here, something what's called on the roof. And this is where you just want to go within kind of like step back. Another way to describe the first 30 years of the sixth line is you're kind of like in the drama, in the muck of things, learning the lessons. Maybe you like get involved in things and everything. The second phase, you're just like, I don't want to be a part of this. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just like, oh, okay. All these people, they're like doing all this drama and fighting with each other. And I'm like, I'm over it. I'm just going to sit back over here and watch you. (laughs) <laughs> and then 50 onwards, you're a really wise leader. Oh, good. And because you've taken I'm almost everything there. <laughs> that you've learned previously. Yeah. <laughs> you've taken everything that you've learned previously. And like, people are coming to you for your wisdom. Um, <laughs> kind of a that. weird pop culture example is like, um, Yoda, if you know Star Wars. Yeah. You know how Yoda is way up there and like, Dagobah, that's the last phase of the six line. It's like you're out there, you're wise, like you've got you're like wise and all knowing. bombs and yes, exactly. Um, another one, another pop culture reference is uh, like the grandma from Moana. I, I, I'm obsessed oh, yeah. with Disney, so, <laughs> and Moana is one of my favorites. Like she's like just so out there and she's so wise and intuitive. Like that's the and part of the sixth line and like you're living your best life and people are coming to you like you're really like six lines are a little bit of the late bloomers and so that is definitely me if anybody who knows me personally don't know this is my <laughs> complete life story right here this yeah yeah <laughs> six. yeah six lines are late bloomers and that's me too like I've been starting to come into my own in my 30s and that's okay and that's like another part that you can help with your teens especially if you have anybody with the six line just give themselves permission to learn the lessons to make the mistakes when they're younger and just reassuring them it's going to get better right well not only that but I think if you look at the trajectory of my own life and I think and it's something that I completely 
forgot to mention earlier, but when I first learned about human design and I saw it was a four, six, and I under this whole idea of the three phases of your life. At first I was like, I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm literally supposed to be lost for the majority of my life. This kind of sucks. Right. But then when I looked at my own personal journey, it maps exactly to that. It maps exactly to that. You know, like the last 30 years of my life have been, you know, the, this middle, the middle years that I'm just now getting to the end of have been really traumatic. And um, I've, I've been through so much and I'm now at that point where I'm able to see the beauty that came out of all those difficult times. Um, so I think it's amazing. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's really beautiful to just see and to bring that awareness because, you know, when you're in the muck of things, it can almost feel like, oh, there's no way out. But like having that awareness and that other perspective where, oh, I meant to go through this so that I can help others. Yeah. Like it's really beautiful. So these are, they're called profiles. Is that what they're called? Is this something that learning your profile could help in terms of like figuring out what you're supposed to do with your life? Is that that kind of role, you know, or is it more, or is it not really um, useful in like career planning or stuff, stuff like that? It could be. Um, so there's a lot from my personal experience. There's some of it. Yeah. Okay. For me, it's about tuning in, learning to tune within to your own like body and your own intuition to um, guide you in that. So, um, and all of these pieces, like knowing your authority and really uh, bringing awareness to yourself, like really helps with that. Um, And uh, like, I don't have all of these on the top of my head because uh, there's like a, there's like a cousin of human design called Gene Keys, which I am learning also like alongside human design. And so in that profile, like those, um, the first number in your profile, that can actually help you with figuring out, um, some of what you're meant to do because that line six mm-hmm. is um, teaching. Right. And I actually thought of being a teacher when I was younger and when I was trying to figure out my um, direction with library school, I thought about becoming a school librarian and ultimately didn't because it would have meant like an extra year or two of schooling because I didn't have my undergrad in education. but like there's different, there's different energies like with those lines. And um, from what I described about the six line, you could probably see why teaching would be (laughs) something that you could do because you are meant to learn those lessons and to teach and bring that to other people. So if anybody has a six line in the first part of the profile, consider teaching. But ultimately, I, I think it's more about listening to listening to your um, body and your intuition as far as like making that sort of decision and understanding a little bit about 
Your energy type can help with that decision a little bit more as far as a specific career rather than like you can use the information of the profiles. I just don't see like a lot, except for the teacher one. And that's if you want, I don't actually want to be a full out like school teacher, but I use teaching in um, when I'm working in the library, like I have taught classes at the library and I teach in my online business. So you can infuse that energy into anything that you do. That's awesome. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation. I feel like, you know, we can go down so many rabbit holes, like all these different gates and all these different channels and, you know, what all these, you know, the different uh, centers mean. And I, I definitely think that people should reach out to you, get their graph. You can help them figure out what it all means and really start to put together, you know, like what their human design is and and how they're meant to live their life. Is there anything else you'd like to share about human design? This is, it's on your heart to share. I know I covered a lot and some of you might be like, oh my gosh, I am so confused and so overwhelmed right now. Like, it's okay. That's a normal, that's a normal feeling. I think the biggest thing that you can take from this is just bringing awareness and even paying attention to like your behaviors and paying attention to your teens behaviors and just bringing awareness to it and seeing like what is going on and how you can use what you've learned from this episode to bring you guys closer together and to um, like have, you know, a positive relationship. One more thing I do want to share is that I know I shared, I was really conditioned by my mom and I don't know if it was in the first episode or in this one, but uh, I have like a really good relationship with my family and mm-hmm. we're all like really close. Like my mom and I, as we've matured and gotten older and everything, we were able to do a lot of healing around how we relate to each other and everything like that. So even if things like maybe you're struggling right now and things feel like really hopeless, I was an extremely hormonal and a big ball of energy to deal with that (laughs) nobody really knew how to handle. And so Um, healing comes and there's always hope. So if you want to have a good relationship, like it's entirely possible. I love that. You know, I had my own troubling relationship with my father and, um, you know, just recently we've, we've been able to clear the air and it's been the most beautiful thing. So, you know, and I, I think understanding my human design has really helped the the little that I understand about it. I haven't delved into all the different things, but the things that I've gained from it so far have really put a lot of things into perspective. And it's really allowed me to forgive my dad for his own failings as a parent, because he's living his own human, you know, his own life as well. And he has the same conditioning and he has the same issues. Um, So I think it's beautiful because it allows you to see other people and where they might like appreciating where they're at in their life and, and uh, their awareness, you know, some people are not as aware of their conditioning and stuff like that. And it's, it's, you know, learning my own has been so freeing that I want that for other people. And unfortunately not everybody um, has that awareness. So I want to thank you for what you do, because I think that 
can be so freeing for people. So I really want to reiterate that if anybody wants to learn more about their human design and delve into this world um, that's really opened up my eyes, it's, it sounds like it really opened up your eyes and, and uh, those of your clients as well, right? Where would they go to, to delve deeper with you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, so I do offer ways to um, like work with me with human design. Right now, I do basically a PDF breakdown of your chart where, you know, I explain deeper into the types. I go into something called strategy, which we didn't touch upon, like authorities, all the centers and the profiles and all of that. Um, you can check out my website, uh, www.theamyway.com. All the ways to reach me are on there. It's like very simple. Like I am on Instagram, the Amy May. It's all, it's all the same. It's all, um, it's all my name because I am me and it's my personal brand and it allows me, it gives me like the freedom to, um, share what's on my heart instead of being like constricted to, only talking about like human design in one way. I talk about it in so many ways. Mm -hmm. um, and for anybody here, like if you're interested, I can do, I can do a session where I can talk to you about like how you and like your teen or your, or if you do, like are listening and you don't have a teen, but you have a kid or I can do like a chart reading session where we can go into like how you connect and maybe some places where you might be triggering each other. I know we didn't really go into that that deeply, um, but you know, there can be like these conflicting things that are happening. So um, you can just go to my website and my contact info is on there and just reach out to me about that. Uh, that is something that I can uh, do for you guys. Oh, I love that. Um, definitely people reach out to Amy, get a human design reading from her. And I think that more people need to know about this. So thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you for having me on here. Like this has been so much fun. <laughs> thank you. All right, everybody. Uh, if you love this episode, I definitely recommend you checking out Amy's website. I know she has a, a great Facebook group where she shares, she does a lot of uh, lives and she shares a lot about human design and she does some readings. Um, so somebody you definitely want to connect with for sure. Um, until next time, Buku blessings, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you got anything positive out of the conversation, do you mind leaving us a five-star review on iTunes? Doing so will allow other parents to help their teens create a life of fulfillment and joy, abundance and impact. Until next time, don't forget to help your teens skip the lunch line and live life on their own terms. <laughs>